0: From BossTrack, it's Her Hype Squad, a show about amazing women who've made incredible strides as leaders in their industry. They're here to support you and your leadership growth, to encourage you and hype you up as part of your hype squad. Hello, and welcome back to a new episode of Her Hype Squad with BossTrack. I'm your host, Michelle Harris. This week, I talk with Netta Jenkins, CEO of Aradai, We talk about career success as a working mom, setting boundaries, the importance of laughter, community, uplifting others, giving yourself grace, and so much more. I had such a great time talking with Netta. I still really don't know how she does it all. But before we get to the conversation, let me tell you a little bit about Netta. Netta Jenkins is CEO of Aridi, a gamified platform for organizations that ignite DEI efforts by measuring the impact of every employee and offers real-time demographic data. Eridai's platform organically enhances representation, retention, growth, and engagement. She is a doctoral student focused on quality systems and management and the author of The Inclusive Organization, listed by Forbes as one of the top four DEI books to read. Netta has been advising corporations and audiences of all kinds for over 15 years on the most effective strategies to address inequitable gaps, which led to a 300,000-plus LinkedIn audience and played a key factor in Forbes naming her as one of the top seven anti-racism educators in the world. She also gave a groundbreaking TEDx talk, Reimagining the Workplace. If you enjoy my conversation with Netta, make sure you subscribe to our channel and help more people find us by sharing this episode with others or by leaving a review. Or subscribe to our weekly newsletter filled with things we found that we're excited about and we're inspired by, along with valuable leadership advice to watch, listen to, or read. It's a little bit of joy for your inbox each Monday. You can subscribe at www.thebosstrack.com forward slash weeklyjoy. Now, without further delay, let's get into my conversation with Netta Jenkins. Hi, Netta. I am so excited to have you on today. I've been really looking forward to our conversation. There is so much to talk about, and I know we have a limited amount of time. So I'd love for you to start by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, your leadership experience, and whatever you want to share.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be uh on on your podcast right now. So, thank you. Um so I'm currently CEO of a company called Aerodai. And at Aerodai, we have a gamified uh platform that Uh, really measures and democratizes DEI across the entire organization. We have accurate demographic data as well. I know a lot of organizations are going through the self-ID process and really empowering folks to to share their identity so that they have the correct information. And people aren't as empowered. So we're really excited to implement all of these efforts into, into this tool. And I have an incredible team. I am also a mom of three. So (laughs) I have a two year old, a three year old that will be turning three and four, and a 10 year old bonus son as well. And, you know, I'll count my husband in that as well. So we'll say four. I also have a book that will be coming out called The Inclusive Organization, and so excited about it. Folks can pre-order that book now at Barnes Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon, or Target. And I'm also (laughs) VP of Global Inclusion for a fintech organization called Uncork. So I spend some time doing some, some work there. And I also have a consulting organization called Holistic Inclusion Consulting, working with Fortune 500 companies and uh, startups as well. So I have a lot going on. And I, I do my best to organize my time. I don't believe in balance though. So I will never say that I have it all balanced out. But um, but I'm one thing I would say is I'm really passionate about everything that that I do. And you know, going back to your original question about leadership um as a leader within this space you know i always try to take a step back and think about my experience when i started off early in my career and i think about those leaders that really empowered me inspired me supported me amplified my voice guided me through challenging things um, that I had to navigate within the workplace. And so when I think about those leaders, I'm so empowered to then institute the same things and emulate that. But I also think about, and I think the leaders as well that weren't inclusive leaders, (laughs) right? Yeah. Because I look at that and I then say, well, I don't want to be that type of leader. I remember how that felt. Um, and, And so that's helpful
0: as well. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm glad you mentioned all of that to the audience because it really leads into our discussion of how do you, you mentioned you have three children, (laughs) so it's one girl and two boys, right? That's right. Yep. Right. And you have all of this on your plate. You have these um, startups that you're involved with. You have your CEO of Aerodyne. You have your company that you work with and you have a startup I mean you have all of this going on and three kids and yeah. and two two of them are fairly young like yeah. I would love to talk about and and that's what we're talking about is how do you we we're saying balance in quotes how do you juggle all of that yeah. and, uh, and be as successful as you are. So I'd love for you to maybe just say, you know, are there any basic ways that you stay organized and you're able to keep up with all of yeah, that? Yeah, Absolutely.
1: That's such a great question. So thank you for asking that. Um, I would say definitely, I got great at asking for help. I was never good at that. I thought that I was superwoman, that I could handle it all. I could build a bunch of startups. I can manage people. I could also manage my kids and and have a healthy marriage, right? And it was really, it was was definitely frustrating. (laughs) It was a burden at times just seeing, okay, I'm dropping the ball everywhere. Whenever you're putting so much effort in one aspect of your life, you know that there's something that's dropping, right? That you're not really putting in an effort in. And so when I started to identify and realize that, I knew that I had to get better at asking for help. So I I really lean on, and it's a privilege to have a mom that's so supportive when I'm traveling for work or when I just need some time to get work done. She's like, let me take the kids. Um, I, I had to also make some life changes. So recently my husband and I decided... You know, instead of living in Boston where we don't have much family to support, um, and we're spending so much money on nannies and babysitters, let's move closer to my mom that is available. She's retired, um, and so I had purchased a home for my mother two years ago, and so we decided we'll we'll you know re renovate uh, the second floor and we'll move right there. And that way, grandma will be able to support with the children and. And all of that, and we can still kind of carve out time for each other, but also I can get work done. So that, you know, was, was, um, a pretty, pretty big change and shift, but it was also, um, it was also strategic, right? Really being smart and, and thinking about, okay, what's going to be best for, for me and my family that will allow me to do all the things that, that I need to get done. I think the, the second thing is, um, Forming a community of people, and I think this is all centered around help, even with all of the many jobs that I, or roles that I hold, um, I'm not afraid to lean on my team. I love having people that are innovative, that are excited and passionate about the work that they do. And I love also working with people that are good at many things. Right? It's not that they just specialize in product and engineering. It's, oh, no, I could do marketing. I could do PR as well. Or if that's something that they're not great at, they're open to also trying that out. So I've been really blessed in that way that the the, the folks that are surrounded around me or that directly report to me have those abilities. And it's something that's just really appealing for me as a leader. Um juggling so many different things, right? And um, okay, doing that. And then I think the the third piece here is really just leaning on self-care. And uh, when I think about self-care, it's centering myself, you know, having those quiet moments to say, I'm not going to do anything in this moment. Mm -hmm. I just need to sit down. I need to breathe. (laughs) I need to sleep. (laughs) And, or I want to pray. And those things, those three core things, have really helped me to propel, and I bake that into um, my process every single day. That's kind of like a daily process for me.
0: Yeah, thank you. I love all of that, and I I want to say that community and and surrounding yourself with your extended family is really is really key. I think to Making it in your career and being being a parent, I I wanna I mean just briefly share. I became a single mom in college, and I my goal was to like stay in Philadelphia and work in Philadelphia and move to New York City and you know work in New York yeah. City, but um, I realized quickly that having you know, Especially being a single mom and having this little two year old that you're taking care of, yeah. it, I had to make the decision to move back closer to my family because I just needed that support. So, you know, one of the keys that the is definitely having that support system around you. So, so important. I, yeah. yeah.
1: And it's such a privilege to have because I do yeah. also know that there's so many people that don't have yeah. that. They may not have the relationship with their family members or yeah. perhaps maybe their family has have passed away, you know? So everyone is in a different situation. And oftentimes when I do talk about that, I, I recognize the privilege in even having that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I'm wondering, going back to when you felt like you were juggling things and it was, uh, you finally decided to like move closer to your or move in, move in okay. with your mom or closer to your mom?
1: Well, yeah, we're moving to the second floor. Second we're floor. We're renovating. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so did, did things start to like, was there an experience that you, you were like, oh my, uh, I just need to change this. Or did you just gradually like, oh, I think it's better. What was the driver there?
1: It was, you know, it was really hard because my husband and I kept on going back and forth. It was. So my husband's from New York. Uh, we met in New York as well. We lived in New York for a while and we both just loved it. Once we had children, it just wasn't as uh, convenient, I would say, for us, yeah. right? So we moved to New Jersey. And that was ideal, but we didn't really have family close. And then we had moved and now um, we're, we're in Boston and we still don't have family close enough, right? Yeah. So, So it was us really kind of thinking, okay, what would be the best ideal fit for us as a family. And we were toying with the idea of, hey, let's just purchase a home in Atlanta. Um, There's a great school system. There's a lot of land. And we're looking at the financial aspect of it as as well. We look at the, you know, if we purchase property and um, on the East Coast, it's a lot higher than, you know, south, and we would have a lot, lot more land. So we even viewed homes we're about to <laughs> go ahead and 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 purchase, and then we pause. We had a moment. It was one day we had a moment. We we're talking about it. And we we're like, wait, hold on. Yeah, this sounds great, but still, we'll still be in the same situation of not having the support that we need. That's close enough. Right. And so, of course, uh, when we started to explore, like, hey, you you essentially have a home. You, you know, you bought a home for your mom. But there's space, right? There's the whole second floor, and we just need to renovate financially. One, it made a lot of sense. You know, when we when we thought about it, um, the house will almost be paid off. And two, then there's the support of my mom. And then three, um, goodness, we're all together, right? Yeah. So there's that, there's that element as well. And it just all started to make sense. The other layer was um, you know, my husband, my father has lived in California for over 22 years and so he's getting older and he he said you know I want to be closer to my kids and my grandkids so now he's thinking about moving to Rhode Island as well so Mm -hmm. all of it um you know initially was kind of hard because I'm just like uh move upstairs Mm -hmm. yeah it's essentially the house that I purchased but like do I really want to move upstairs you know (laughs) something (laughs) like having your mom and I have African parents, right? So no matter what, you're still a child. Yeah. Still, oh, you're dressed like that. Why are you dressed <laughs> like that? You're talking like that. What are you doing? Oh my gosh, the kids are running, right? So I thought about all of that. And um and, and I was a little nervous. I'm like, oh, how is this gonna work out? Like my yeah. piece, I value that. But it it really made sense when I told my mother she was so, so excited and um, and already has things for us to do, so I was nervous about that. But <laughs> yeah, like, I can imagine. Great. She's like, now my son-in-law can shovel, and he can mow the lawn, and oh, and my nonprofit organization, the kids can volunteer, and you guys can volunteer every Tuesday. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. so there, it comes with that, right? Yeah. But, um, but when we, you know, kind of weighed all our options, it was it was most ideal, and it really brings us a greater sense of peace. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. I'm just like, well, there's no way that I will be able to execute on all of these things without the support. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if I do have the support with the nannies and babysitters, that that's a lot of, um, of, of funds, a lot of money, daycare, all of yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how much of uh, daycare and childcare is. I can it's, imagine now it was bad way back when. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a,
1: it's pricey. Um, I spend about three thousand uh, dollars per month on my daughter. A little, actually, a little bit older. Over that, and then when my son was there. At that particular daycare, it was about the same thing. So you're looking oh, at oh my
0: goodness, you know, yeah, that's it, way it, more than when I had my kids in daycare.
1: Yeah. It's it <laughs> a lot of money, a lot of money.
0: Oh so, my goodness,
1: yeah, especially for a good, you know, a good daycare. And,
0: yeah. Um. So. Well. Yeah. So when you work with so you, so as you're working with your team and or your um. I don't know if you know in your position you're CEO. So you might not have people above you, maybe your advisors or yeah. board. Do you communicate that you have boundaries? Like what what does that look like? Do you do you set boundaries that you that they are aware of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: definitely. And I think the the beauty and the blessing in it is that um the the CEO of the holding company that my company is under, um uh, he was my former manager. He was COO um, of Uncork at the time, and um, and so he knows exactly how I work. There's definitely an open door policy, or I'd say an open so uh, an open phone policy. So call call me anytime. So that's open. But weekends, you know, I really want that for my family, and and the same for him. So. Because there's a relationship and and because, you know, I've been working with these people for such a long time, they under, they already understand how I work and I've set those expectations as well.
0: So that, that has been super helpful. So mostly your boundaries are I'm available, but my weekends are my weekends. My weekends
1: are my weekends. Yeah. Yeah
0: do you yeah. feel, do you find yourself able to stick to that? because I know a lot of people, and that's the problem is that people will set boundaries, but then they start to like let them go a little bit and then over and yeah. then all, all of a sudden, like that that's not happening anymore. yeah,
1: so my situation is a little unique when you have children. <laughs> it's hard, right? Yeah. So I can you know, even if I say, hey, um during the week, I don't want to you know, have a conversation after eight pm that could still work. I could still take a call after 8 PM. The kids are sleeping. That works. But on the weekend, I don't have anyone. It's just me and them and uh, their dad. And so we're all doing things together, which makes it a lot harder for me to then focus on getting work done. Now I will say, and I don't want to (laughs) lie, I do still get work done. And like my peak time to do work is in the morning, so from like 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. And I probably should be sleeping then. But like around that time, certain nights, I will get up and I will still kind of do some work. Um, and I'm passionate about it. So I'm excited yeah. to get up and, and, and just get it out of the way and do it. But as for like in the day, time, I, I like to commit to my family, my kids.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important like to have the boundaries, but then also to, to stick to them. Because once you start, Letting go of them, people just expect that, oh, you have them, but you don't really, you don't really Really. need them. So we're just going (laughs) to keep violating them. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So you mentioned a little bit about this before where you take time to pray or think or just have time to yourself, but how do you, how do you feel you're able to best manage stress or even keep yourself from burning out with everything that you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's it's me, and this took a while for me to identify. I had to identify, okay, Netta, what really um ignites you? Like what, you know, when are you laughing the most? And when I'm laughing the most, it's I'm probably traveling with friends, I'm probably on someone's dance floor, having good, good a good time, right? Dancing. And so those are the things that I do to not burn out. It's how do I step back into, you know, my childhood and just enjoy and have fun. Like when I was that child riding my bike around the neighborhood all day long until my mom was like screaming, come back in Right with my friends. Then I would come home with my friends. You know, I like to step back into that place, even though I'm not riding my bike throughout the neighborhood now yeah. as an adult. <laughs> No. But I will hop on a plane or a flight. And um, and I did that recently and and had a girls trip. And and that was so much fun. And then by the time I came home, I was reignited to, to get work done. Or I was anxious, I will say. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have stuff I have to get done. I had some yeah. fun, but now I have to get back to my work. So those are the things that really... Help me um, often, and as a leader, you know I like to kind of walk through an exercise with my team as well, and just understanding. Okay, like, what are some things that you absolutely love to do as a child? Right? When did when was the last time you laughed? I ask a lot of my um, the folks that I work with and and folks that directly report to me, and when it hasn't been a while, I'm like, no, 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 take time to do that. Like, I want you to find. That moment where you laughed and I want you to do that again, right? Because if we are not whole as human beings, we're the same people within the workplace, you know, when we're working on our work. So if we're not igniting the fire within us, how can we possibly do that with our work? We have to find the, the joy and the fun in that. So um, that that's something that is really important. And even as a leader, I um, I love joking around, I like getting the work done yeah. first, but why can't we have fun while we're doing work? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's the reason why, you know, the retention rate as a leader and folks that are directly reporting to me, it's been so high. It's very rare that people leave, you know, cause they're having so much fun. And and if they if they do, then it's maybe, it's an, a, another opportunity that I quite can't give them at that moment in time, but we're still connected. So, uh, you know, I think a true leader also knows when to say, "Hey, I want you to fly." You yeah. know, I may not be able to give you um, what you're looking for right now, so fly. But I'm still going to be here to support you while you do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I have two questions from that. Did you ever read the book Play? I can't remember who wrote that book, but what you do sounds a lot like what he says. Is you know, find those moments of of play. Like what brought you joy. And bring that back because we lose that as we become adults. Like it's just, it's so aligned with what you were just talking about. That's um, I love that. And also I'm wondering just for people listening who are leaders or new leaders and want to start thinking about how to bring joy to, you know, to their team and bring that fun. Are there any technique or things that you do or. I don't know, team building exercises, or maybe it's just the way that you talk to them. Like what what drives that, do you think, with your team?
1: So I definitely think um, team team building exercises are critical, super essential. And it's actually something that I conduct for, for many teams within organizations as well, getting people excited, right? Getting people learning about each other. What's interesting is, you know, what I typically find when I conduct these sessions is that people have been heads down getting their work done that they don't even know each other. And I'm just like, wait, hold on. As human beings, half of our lives are spent working. (laughs) Like folks, these folks that we're working with become essentially family members. And like family members, some of them you like and some of them you don't like. Right. So how do we not know these people? Like that's an mm-hmm. issue. yeah, and so I really break that down um, and add in the behavioral psychology aspect of it in those sessions for people to start to learn about each other, ask those questions, engaging questions, have fun, laugh together as well, and then and then swap it. Something that I like to do is like let's say you and I are in a session, you are listening to me, talk about myself. Now you're going to have to act as if you're me. So it's like, (laughs) I'm Netta. And this is what I do. And that's when I flip that around, I get to see, okay, who is actually actively listening? Mm -hmm. And if they weren't actively listening, then why? Why were they so disengaged, right? And I get them to start to see, hey, in meetings, listen to each other. Take that time. The other thing that I like to do as well, and I, I highly recommend is don't wait just for once a month or quarterly to do a, your your you know your your icebreaking meeting or something that's exciting for your for your team. You can do that every single day every time you all meet, right? If there's a daily stand up or a weekly stand-up, add in an element in the beginning where it brings a level of joy or ask folks okay, when was it challenging this week? But what was something that was exciting that happened for you this week? Allow people on your team to celebrate that and embrace it, right? Oftentimes, you know, we as humans, we, especially within the workplace, we hide, we suppress some of those things. It's like, oh, I don't want to brag about that. You don't have to brag about it, Right. share it. Like, let us all celebrate what you're doing, whether it's professionally or personally. So, Um, Those, those are a few tips.
0: Do you have anybody on your team that when you say, okay, we're doing this activity, they're like, oh, not another one. And, (laughs) you know, like some, some people just, you know, look at that and like, oh, I could be doing work right now. And and that's all I've had people on my teams that have pushback. Uh, Or do you find that you build your teams to be people that enjoy things like that to begin with? Or is there any advice for people that might have somebody like that on their team? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, You know, no matter what, you know, folks, we're all different. We're not monolith and we're Mm going to have different personality types. And for me, what I've done was I've been able to bake it into kind of a daily process. So it's something that people look forward to, kind of like an agenda. You know, we have an agenda. We're going to get things done today. But let's start off with what brought you joy this weekend? What what was challenging for you this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. That allows people then to, they can be serious about, hey, here's the challenge that I'm experiencing because let's face it, life <laughs> is filled with, you know, you just never know what you're yeah. going to get. And it's not all peaches and cream. So sometimes I'm also sensitive to that people may not want to be as joyous. Like if, if someone passed away or they're having difficulty with, with family members, who knows what the situation is. It may be hard for them to kind of tap into the joy. So I, I, I ask both, both things like what's challenging, but what also brought you joy? Or what are you looking forward to? And so at that point, it's not cheesy. It's, Hey, and I get people asking me, Hey, like, are we gonna do this? Like we typically start off with this. That's that's me checking in, like, okay, you, you all like
0: it. You like,
1: <laughs> yeah. like it. So um I highly recommend when you bake things in and be, and it becomes a normal practice, just like a meeting, we all meet all the time, then it, it's a part of a, a pattern, right? But if it's just one and done, people may say, Well. here we go again. I have all of this on my plate. I'm going to be yelled at for it. Right. But yeah, we're going to talk about joy right now. So also be a leader that's going to be sensitive to the work and also authentic. It's like, yeah, I know we have a lot of work to do. I know that I've been, you know, um, you know, I may may have been uh, overbearing, you know, for, for folks. I just want us to get it done. But I, I want to take a step back and respect you all, celebrate you all due to the wins that we have, we've had as a team. So celebration is, is key.
0: Yeah, I, I totally, entirely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to that, the so-called balance or juggling kids and work and family, is there a time, like a specific example you can give of a time where you had to choose between work and your family and kind of how did you regret that or like I don't know. I think it'd be helpful for people listening Ooh. to know that you've had to make those decisions.
1: Yeah. Well I'll give you uh I'll give you two examples that I don't regret. So okay. and uh and and this was bringing my kids along with me. So just goodness, when did this happen where is this today's Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah. It happened On was it Tuesday? Goodness. Yeah. Just this Tuesday, I had to speak at a conference in New York and we're based in Boston right now. Mm -hmm. And I had to make a decision. Okay. Decision one is I could bring the kids about an hour away to my mother, or we can drive up, uh, to New York as a family, but I would have to be back in, in Boston the next day. In the morning, because I had back-to-back meetings and I needed to be in my office with my material, and I had decided to bring my children with me, and I think it was a great it was a great decision. But of course, I had um, my husband's support, my mother-in-law. It lives in New York, so that the kids had to had a chance to see their grandmother as well. I went to the conference, got back from the conference, and then we drove right back to um, to Boston. And so that was me making this conscious decision to embrace my family in that very moment. But then at the same time, I have to get my work done. I have to go. There was another situation. This is maybe last year or two years ago. I had a, uh, work, a work conference that I had to attend that I was speaking at and I decided to bring my children with me. It was just me and my two children. We took a flight to New York. That was by far the hardest experience of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of my kids were jumping and crying. And there was a gentleman sitting in front of me and he had a tope. And my son- Oh no. Tope, yeah. (laughs) off. Of his head, and I'm just literally sitting in the seat like, like we have the (laughs) topec. Like, what, what do I do in this moment? I just, I wanted to cry. Actually, no, 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 I did cry. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh! I was, I was just crying. I was like, oh my gosh! This is not the best decision. Why did I do this? I was trying to be superwoman. Thinking that I could manage both of my babies, yeah, really, and that need attention, I'm trying to work to work on my phone on the the flight, and it was hard. I had to place the tope on his head. And oh, <laughs> is that what you did? <laughs> <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was inexperienced. Um, I actually wrote about it on LinkedIn. But the blessing on that day was with all of that, there was many people that saw the stress that I was going through in that moment. And there was a lady that said, Hey, listen, I just want to sit next to you. Can I help you? And, and I call her still to this day, the perfect stranger. We didn't really have much conversation because I was so overwhelmed and I was just trying to like catch my breath, but she held my daughter and my son and I just had chance to like breathe and close my eyes because I was oh, wow. so overwhelmed that day. And that was just an hour flight. <laughs> like, oh, it felt God. like five hours. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, so, wow. yeah. So um, I don't regret that experience because when I tell that to people, it brings, it brings laughter. So <laughs> it's okay. But in that moment, it was, I was regretting. It was, it was very tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is is like, those are the times that you can go back and you have such amazing stories. Oh yeah. And I have an amazing story for them. I should
1: have taken a picture. I took a picture of the the woman that um, helped that day and was holding my daughter and my son, which was amazing but I should have taken a picture. I, it was too, I, you know, I would have yeah. read too much if I had taken a picture of his head.
0: The oh my gosh, like, yeah. Hey, my friend did <laughs> this and now I'm taking a photo of you. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know. I, yeah, I just
1: politely placed it back. I'm like, well, I can't keep <laughs> his hair, so we return it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I was going to ask you, I, I, outside of the, taking them to this conference, <laughs> do you find yourself having to take them? Do you, I don't know if you work in the office or maybe when you did, if you ever did work in the office before COVID pandemic, um, were you taking them to work at all to the office or were you able to you know, avoid that?
1: Yeah, no. So that that's when I didn't have any children. before okay. COVID. <laughs> And then I had, well, no, I'm lying. I did. I had my son, um, but my daughter came, she was a COVID baby. But, but yeah, I did not take them as often into the office. I had support then, which was, which was great. My mom was coming, my mother-in-law. So there was a lot of support there, but as they grew, everyone, you know, started shifting away a little bit. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Was there something when you started out as a leader that you wish you would have known that, you know, now? That's such a good question. Huh.
1: As a leader, something that I wish I would have known. I think, you know, and this may be a no-brainer, right? But really understanding that not every leader is going to be like me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there were many people that saw the way that I had, you know, treated my team or treat my team and then would reach out and say, Hey, but do you have an open role or when can I come on your team or when, you know, and then they would share their experiences with me of like managers or, or leaders that they had. it was really heartbreaking. And I just thought like, okay, well, if you, you know, if you're in a leadership role and you're, and you have direct reports and you're managing people, then someone saw the power of your efforts and and the impact that you had on people, you're a people person, right? You you are rooting for them. You want them to advance, no matter what what their background or experience is. And that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see a number of leaders that are just non inclusive, and you really then question, well, then how did you even get here? Like how yeah. did how do you have direct reports? Right, and is it solely just based on, well, you executed maybe within an organization from a financial perspective, you know, you brought in all the sales or whatever it was, and uh, so you climb the ranks, and now you're a leader managing people. So that that was really stark uh, for me, uh, especially early on in my career as a leader, um, and <laughs> and yeah, I, I wish I had known that because I think even early on earlier on, I would have challenged, I've never been scared to, to challenge those concepts, but it took me a while to see, wow, this, this is in fact is, is, is happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is it's so true that people do, they're good at what they do and the next position opens up and it happens to be the manager position or supervisor and they are then starting to lead teams and they don't know how to do that and maybe don't even have the temperament to, to do that. So um, yeah, that's, it's unfortunate, but that happens all too often.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think also, and I tell leaders like, make sure that you're succession planning, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're um, identifying members on your team that will be in your role, Mm -hmm. prepare them for that. And I see that there are so many leaders, and I say that openly, right, and, and non-inclusive, I would say, that are so fearful of uplifting another person on their team because they don't want their role to go away,
0: Yeah,
1: you know? And I think the true beauty in leadership is understanding that, um, that you have the power to advance someone else. You really do. And if you have that level of power and privilege, why not do it? Yeah. How does that then impact you, right? Yeah. Uh, so that only uplifts you to then move on even higher. And I, I think, you know, having that, that type of mindset is what has truly helped me to propel. Um, at t- you know, I'm not someone that knows everything and I don't try to act as if I know everything. But one thing I do know is how to treat people right how to make sure that people are ignited and empowered, how to make sure that people understand the power that they hold within themselves so that they can advocate for themselves to advance and that they also can then emulate the things that they're learning through me as a leader and and apply the same thing when they have their teams. Like that's true success um, for me. Right.
0: And did you have a mentor- that you look back to and attribute your, some of your success to, um, or mentors or maybe a yeah. primary mentor?
1: I have many, I have many. I am, I was just talking to myself in the shower this morning. I'm like, I'm a student. I'm a lifelong student. Yeah. Um, yeah, goodness. Where do I even start? I, I would say, you know, I had a former manager, um, um, for an organization I used to work for and, She was the one who said, one, she said, Netta, you know, you have something so special about you. You're such a powerful presenter. I want to make sure that we invest in your development to continue doing that. It's like, I can see, you know, um, and, and she did. She fought for the organization to invest in me and develop me. And I started speaking all over. And she was also the other, she was also the same person that said, you know, have you thought about starting a consulting business? Mm. And I remember looking at her thinking like, are you trying to tell me I don't have a job anymore? Oh, no. <laughs> she was like, no, was <laughs> like, no. She was like, but so many organizations, you know, you, you, you could help, you know, mm. if, if you did. And, and she was the person who even came up with the name, helped me come up with the name Holistic Inclusion Consulting. And I started it there. So like, what manager do you find, you know, sharing that with you? She was the same person that that opened the doors to board opportunities, you know, being on the advisory board of Betterment. She said, mm-hmm. hey, Netta, here's this. And I feel like board opportunities, advisory opportunities are almost like secret. It's like yeah. a secret society, right? It like, is, you, yeah. You know, and so... For her to say, hey, no, like you're the first person on my mind, I'm going to introduce you, which led into a host of opportunities, that was powerful because not only was she a mentor, she was also a sponsor. She Mm -hmm. amplified my voice when I was in the room and when I wasn't in the room. And my career, when I tell you within that, that organization, the amount of promotions that I received... I myself was like, "Is this normal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again? Oh my god! Right? Like, what employee says
0: again?" Yeah. I'm okay. yeah, right.
1: <laughs> but, um, but she saw something even bigger than I even saw in myself, and so today I'm still thankful to. I mean, still to this day, she's someone that supports me. She's going to be at my book release event in June. She, when I had children, she called me. She sent me gifts. I mean, she's just such a special person in in my life and I'm I'm forever thankful, you know, yeah. for her support. And then there are mentors that don't even know that they're my mentors. I just yeah. you know I watch what they do, Bazoma St John, I think mm-hmm. she's just such a force. oh my gosh. and yes. um and you know, I'm a Liberian woman, she's a Ghanaian woman and so to see a, a beautiful African woman just really, Pushing the needle forward uh, unapologetically, I think is, and authentically is, is really, really bold and, and beautiful to watch. So I watch from afar. So there's, there's mentors that have directly impacted my life. And I think another person would be, uh, actually two people would be the uh, the CEO of Uncork and, and the CEO of Hoberman Rockets, which is under... Uh, which my company, Aerodyne is under. And both of those men, uh, white men have been, gosh, such a rock. <laughs> like mm. so, so uh, I don't even know the right word, like just so amazing, you know? And again, both of both of them presenting me with an opportunity to lead. An organization and and also then saying hey like we believe in you, like we just have no doubt that you will be successful, that in itself, you know is is powerful so
0: absolutely. Oh that's that's amazing that you have had those people surrounding you with the woman that who was your manager. Would you say that you did something specific to bring her in as a mentor or because she was your manager, you just developed a relationship and it just happened?
1: Yeah, I think for me, so my background's in communications and behavioral psychology. Even from a child, um, communication and building strong relationships have always been really important to me. My mother, bless her heart, like she just has words of wisdom and she would say, Netta, make sure you respect people, right? And and love people, she would say that. And I'm like, I would always question that. What do you mean by love? I can love my family. Yeah. She said, no, 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 no. Love runs even deeper. Like show throughout the world and your work and whatever you do, show the love that you possess and you'll see the power of that. And so everywhere that I went, no matter who that person was or what their experience or background, I was always sharing a level of love or, or a piece of me with, with folks. And I think because of that, there's a level of, um, genuineness sincerity that I then get from individuals, um, vulnerability. And then oftentimes people then say like, no, I want to do whatever I can do to support you. But I, I say the same, like, "What? how, how can I support you? Like, what can I do? Um, cause it's a, it's a two way, you know, relationship. So I've always honed in on that. And I think, you know, with my, with my manager and knowing that this is my manager, (laughs) like I want the best relationship with my manager. We really started off on a good, on a good note. And we were always very open. So like, if there was anything that I didn't feel comfortable with, or I wasn't happy with, I was never afraid to share that with her, even if it was about her, right? Like we, we could have a conversation and talk it through. And I think the same for her. And I, And what was helpful, too, is when you build that level of trust um, you know, with your manager or with an individual, now when they're presenting you with feedback, you're not questioning it. You know that they're coming from a good place. Oftentimes within organizations, employees question the feedback that they receive all day long because yeah. it's not a trusting relationship. Yeah. You know, so, um, trust is just so critical for, for us as humans and especially within the workplace and as leaders. So I, I lean in with that.
0: Yeah. Trust is definitely one of the fundamental uh, and building, being able to build trust with your team, I think is a fundamental skill of, of yeah. a leader. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd like to move on to like just some quick questions, because I know we're <laughs> running out of time here. Two two things. One is, do you have a song that you go to when you need a little energy boost or confidence? And, you know, if you're feeling you need you need to feel more? Yeah,
1: so I love Afrobeats, <laughs> Afrobeats music. So any Afrobeat song, you know, whether it be by Boy or DeVito or Kona or, Whatever. Once it has a good beat, then I'm, I'm shaking in my seat and I'm feeling, I'm feeling good and I'm ready to work. So, um, yeah, that's a great question though.
0: Is there a specific, I don't, I don't know, track or song that you would recommend for people in the audience if they wanted to kind of check out one of yeah. the songs?
1: Oh my goodness. You know what? Now I'm going to have to go to Spotify. Let's see really quick. <laughs> um, huh. So this song is called it's called Kona K-O-N-N-A. Um, and it's by Harry Song.
0: Harry Song.
1: Harry Song, yeah. Okay. Um, but I'll I'll have to get you a few more. I'm gonna yeah. have to go to Spotify and send some to you.
0: Okay, no, that's perfect. I appreciate it. <laughs> but warning,
1: that. when you listen to it, you may be dancing. So get ready, <laughs> get ready. I think
0: everybody it. needs that. Everybody yeah. can use that. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely pass that along. You're right. So the other, last my last question before we kind of wrap up, what would be, do you have a specific morning routine or evening routine that you feel you need to follow to be able to start your day off right and feel like you're ready to take on the day or Definitely. end the day?
1: Yeah. Morning routine would be, you know, I wake up, I get my kids up first, but I have to take a shower. <laughs> like I have to, even though I work remotely and I'm working in my house. I need to get dressed up as well. I see I put on a blazer today, but yeah. that's business on top. You just don't want to see the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, getting dressed up, going into my office so not just working from the kitchen or my bedroom, I have to kind of disconnect and feel like I'm going somewhere is is critical. And then, um, and then some water in the morning, some fruits. I step outside for some fresh air. And that's really typically my routine that I'm, I'm yeah. working throughout the entire day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Water. So many people, I mean, any yeah. time of the day, but definitely in the morning. That's like, yeah. so critical. Yeah. I agree. Well, that's, that's amazing. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this great advice. And I would like to kind of circle back to where we started with, you know, are there any last words of advice or wisdom that you would leave, you would give to, uh, moms or, or dads out there listening and who are really career driven and want to succeed in their career, like how to kind of tackle both and succeed in both. And then also if people in the audience can reach out to you uh, to ask questions or say hi, what would be the best place for them to do that if, if, it, if it's okay?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll start off with your question. Um, you know, my recommendation would be give yourself grace as a working caregiver, working parent. There's so much that you're doing throughout the day. And what will happen is sometimes you will drop the ball, right? It it, it will just happen. And when it does give yourself grace, because I want you to then celebrate yourself and know that you're juggling so much. You're juggling so much. And it's also okay to pause and say, no, it's something that I'm working through. So I never try to act like I, I have it all together, but it's okay for you to say no, pause and give yourself grace, right? You're doing, you're doing it already. Yeah. And in regards to where folks can reach me, you can head to aerodie.com. You can head to LinkedIn, Netta Jenkins. N-E-T-T-A-J-E-N-K-I-N-S. I'm always on LinkedIn posting, so head there. You can head to nettajenkins.com as well. So there are uh, many ways to reach me.
0: Great. Well, it was definitely words of wisdom to leave with. And again, I really appreciate your voice and you sharing it here. And I look forward to staying in touch and I hope you have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Michelle again. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit subscribe so you don't miss out on our weekly episodes. And if you're really feeling it, please leave a review. We'd love to have your support. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter where we share things we're excited about, things we found funny or inspiring, and must-read leadership videos and articles we came across that week. You can subscribe by going to www.thebosstrack.com forward slash weeklyjoy. That's www.thebosstrack.com forward slash weeklyjoy. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.